Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Girl Next Door. We're going to talk about AI today, guys, artificial intelligence. I never thought I'd be talking about something like this. I thought artificial intelligence intelligence belonged to, um, you know, the CIA. However, I want to talk about, I've called this today, will AI take over the world? Now, that seems really far-fetched, right? And look, I do not want to rain on anyone's parade. Um, most people I mean, even before I was talking to Ashton, he's like, mum, I don't think I agree with you on this one. I love AI and I'm going to use it for, you know, this, that and the other. And then um, I said to him, that's fine. I'm not against AI. Okay. So let's just, let's just get that out there from, from the get go. Um, In fact, we are all using it at the moment right now in our everyday technology, which I'll point out to you in just a moment. So it's not my aim to rain on anyone's parade. But we do need to think about where this is all headed. And so I want to really look in depth today at a bunch of, um, I guess, questions or concerns that the experts themselves have when it comes to AI. So the purpose of today really, I guess, is just to raise awareness so that we are going into this with our eyes wide open. Now, some of you might not even fully understand AI. I know when I first heard about, you know, I mean, look, again, like I said, it's actually been around for a long time, which I will explain. But I think all of a sudden the rise of the chat GDP and we're like, what, what is the AI? What's AI? Uh, so I'll give a little quick rundown in case you're not aware, but I'm sure you've all heard of it, even if you don't know much about it. So you probably have heard chat GTP. So we're going to talk about what it is, where it came from, why the sudden explosion or interest, um, how we are using it right now, and what are some of the concerns. So what do you think about AI? Have you even stopped to think that there could potentially be long-term consequences for the good and for the bad? Do you know what they possibly could be? And no doubt most of us probably don't know, but that's why I'm here to help you out today. So what exactly is AI? Well, it was developed basically to perform certain tasks as well as humans could. So really simply put, it's an advanced technology ran by a series of algorithms, computers, or robots that uses real-time data to simulate human intelligence. So if you want to say it even more simply, we're talking about intelligent machinery. Now, versions of AI have been around for a long time. If you try Googling the origins of AI, I found so many different articles. There's actually a really long, complicated timeline um, and and a very long, winding road of AI's development to take us to where we are today. But basically, guys, it's been around since about 1951. That's when the first AI program was written, and it was for a checkers playing program. And yes, I'm talking about the board game Checkers. 
Now, since then, hundreds of different people have developed it in different ways to bring us what are now the most recognizable ways that we use it. So let's look at some of the ways that AI impacts our daily life now. So examples being every time you lift up your phone and it opens with face ID, that's using AI technology, which by the way, I won't allow on my phone, just saying Cameron does it with his phone. I'm like, I refuse. I'm like, nope, I'm putting my passcode in. I'm not allowing for face recognition. I don't think that's going to end well. Uh, It works behind the scenes to personalize what we see on our social media. You know how you get ads coming up that are specific to you. Like I Googled the other day, car dog beds, because I wanted to buy a dog bed for my car for Billy. And of course, and look, now that I've said that more ads will come up, but just because I did a Google search once, now all of my sponsored ads on all my social media are for dog beds, right? So we're talking um, Grammarly and spell check, right? To correct your, when you type stuff out, that uses AI. Uh, Spam filters on your emails use AI. Search engines such as Google, they use AI for those personalized ads that pop up. Siri, the digital voice assistant, AI. Google Maps and other traffic apps, they use AI to ma- uh, to monitor traffic and to give real-time updates, like Waze is a classic one. Your Netflix personalized recommendation list, that is designed for you and by your viewing habits by AI technology. Um, it's also being used in areas like healthcare for patient monitoring, medication research, and medical imaging. And these are just a few ways that it's being used. So why are we suddenly hearing about it if this has been going on for decades? Now, it seems to have come front and center because there's been really quick uh, improvements and, and advancements in leaps and bounds when it comes to technology, right? Such as voice recognition, image recognition, like face recognition, language processing. And by 2017, it was already known that AI was outperforming human beings. Now, certain AI-generated games actually began beating world champions years ago, such as like Jeopardy, and then there's this Google um, game called AlphaGo. Those two games have actually beat world champions. Now in 2020 and 2021, because of COVID, there was also really rapid advancements because of the pandemic and we're all on using technology. And then of course, we all know about the launch of ChatGTP, right? And this is where you can put anything into that and it will write an essay for you. It will answer any questions for you. It can even write songs. It can do coding. So technology is advancing at such a fast rate. I mean, AI can create music masterpieces as well as bark. It can create art masterpieces as well as Van Gogh. And so we're seeing this real explosion in these creative industries. Now, slowly over time, we've all come to rely on different versions of AI to the point where it's really become indispensable to us. So it's become super convenient to our everyday lives. But this is the problem. When things get so convenient, we really, well, two things happen. One, we don't want to give them up. And number two, we don't really want to know 
about the consequences. I mean, an example that comes to mind is climate change, right? So you've got all these young people that are like marching for, you know, saving the climate, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen one of them willing to actually give up, for example, their phones, right? Like that's the kind of thing I mean, because when we, and and we're all the same, it's not just young people. I'm just using that as an example. But when something has become so convenient, we get really blinded either because um, we really don't want to see anything different, or maybe we actually don't genuinely don't know. And if it means giving up something that we love, well, that becomes a real issue, right? Because we have to be willing to forego comfort, but our lives are so ridiculously comfortable and we've got an aversion to discomfort. So I think it's important that we just step back for a minute and try and look at this objectively and think forward to what maybe the pitfalls could be, right? So that we go into this eyes wide open and if we're aware, we can do something about it. Now, what I find super interesting and alarming all at the same time is that there are very progressive forward thinkers such as, you know, and smart, super, super smart people like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking, right? Two, two completely kind of different people there, but two of the most progressive thinkers, they are among dozens, if not hundreds of other AI experts. And yes, I say experts who all signed an open letter uh, a few months back calling for research on the societal impacts of AI, right? So if those guys are concerned, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes me concerned. Now, Elon actually asked for a six-month pause on the development of AI because it's all happening so rapidly and so fast. So he's like, hey guys, can we just like pause this for six months while we research and make sure that it's being implemented in an ethical manner? Now, I saw him being interviewed not so long long ago. I think it might've been on Tucker Carlson where, because of course he uses the technology himself in his Teslas. And so he's like, he's not against the development of it, but he says that he took his eyes off the ball because he was so busy with other things like probably Twitter, um, that he took his eye off the ball and now his eyes back on the AI ball. He's like, oh heck, we need to do something about it. So if the top experts and progressive thinkers who are used to pushing levels are concerned enough to sign an open letter, then I think maybe we should all be a little bit concerned. Now, I'm already seeing articles saying that we're going to be seeing systems that are complementing or replacing humans in many areas. So that's probably quite concerning, right? Like it's one thing to to use this technology to enhance our product or enhance sales or enhance marketing, but this is where the concerns are that it's going further and further to replace humans. So let me give you a few examples. Now, like I said before, this is especially happening in the creative industries, and this is highly concerning. So the good old company Heinz, you probably could look in your pantry and see a lot of Heinz tins, tinned food, baked beans, etc. They were the first company to launch a fully, um, fully AI generated campaign, and it was on Source. Now, if you're not in Australia, you would say ketchup, or we say ketchup, you say ketchup. 
So yeah, go and go and look that up. Their first fully AI generated campaign for Source. Coca-Cola is another example. They actually have created their own AI platform where they're starting to do their own content creation, right? So what's happening here is humans are being replaced because they would have at one stage been behind all of this. Alibaba, the you all know Alibaba, the website you can buy pretty much anything and everything off of it, but they've created in their store in Hong Kong, intelligent garment tags. So if you even touch an item of clothing, it detects that you've touched it and then right close by are all these smart mirrors and up will pop all this information about that item. And then it also displays other suggestions for coordinating items that you can buy. I mean, go and have a look at the uh, the YouTube for that. That actually has been in their store for a few years now. It's literally crazy. This girl that was buying clothing, she just was, everything was done by, by using this technology. Don't worry about a human actually helping you. Uh, Levi are another example. They're starting to test AI generated models now. And so they, at the moment they say, oh, we're just supplementing our human models with AI generated models. But how long before they go, you know what, it's way cheaper just to do AI generated because then you don't have to pay a human. So there are many, many, they're just a few examples, but there are many smart people who are trying to raise the alarm about AI. And yes, there are definitely a lot of benefits, but we've got a huge ethical dilemma that unless this technology is used responsibly, we might just find ourselves in trouble. So let's look into the ethical uh, dilemma. Let's have a look at where the potential risks lie. I think I've got about seven different potential risks. So what do you think so far? I mean, I, for me, I probably haven't, when I think about all the different ways that AI is used, I actually can honestly say I could do without a lot of the technology. Oh, except for me. No, I don't even care about my Netflix recommendations list. I don't use face, you know, imaging to open my phone. I don't care. Oh, maybe Google Maps. I'm directionally challenged. I probably would struggle if I couldn't use an up-to-date maps. But I really do have a lot of questions and I had a lot of questions right from the get-go. The first time I started to see this being suddenly used, especially by students that I am teaching. So we all know though, that when something's been created for good, of course, there's a lot of potential to be for it to be used for evil. So the first high concern that people have is that it's becoming out of control. And it's becoming an out of control race because you've got all these companies jumping on it and trying to, you know, develop the latest and the newest and and the different um, technology around AI. So it's like become a race. Now, according to Elon and other AI researchers, they've got fears over the profound risk to society and humanity. And according to them, these AI labs are in this out of control competition with each other, developing the technology, pushing it, um, and, and even to the degree where those that are creating it, even they don't fully understand or are able to predict or reliably control it. And that's really dangerous. Like if the creators are not able to predict or control it, that is highly concerning. 
I mean, we're playing with fire, right? And we all know what happens when we play with fire. Now, this open letter that I was talking about before that have been has been penned by many AI experts, they're suggesting that in order to rein in a little bit of control here, that the government need to put a, a pause or a, um, a, um, just to stop on it all for a moment so that we can assess and put some checks and balances in place. Now, Guys, we're talking other really smart people who are all saying the same thing. We're talking the Apple co-founder. We're talking about the co-founder for Skype. Um, there's just all these people that you go, okay, we probably should should actually listen to them. But unfortunately, this open letter that they've written is having little effect. And companies such as Google and Microsoft are still rushing in this out of control race to develop new products, completely ignoring safety and ethics, even though they have said that they're aware of such concerns. So like I said before, you've got people like Elon who, you know, he is simultaneously concerned at the same time he's sounding the alarm, he's simultaneously using the technology, but he at least is aware of the dangers. Um, and so he actually wants to create a competitor. This is probably a good idea because creating competitors is always a healthy thing to do for the market. He wants to create a, a competitor known as Truth GPT instead of Chat GPT which he says he's wanting to put in a whole heap more checks and balances so that it does more good than harm. All right, second concern is our dependence on AI. I mentioned that before. So we've already got an over-reliance on AI, but this over-reliance and dependence very potentially already is and definitely will lead to a loss of creativity, of critical thinking skills, and even human intuition. Because if we don't need to use our intuition very much, it's kind of like a muscle, right? Like we lose the ability to use it. I mean, I personally, the first thing that I, when I first saw ChatGTP and the, the option for students to use it to write essays, even though the universities are scrambling to try and put detection um, technology in place, my first thing is, oh my gosh, this is going to make us dumber, right? Like this is going to rob us of further, even more of our ability to think. I mean, as it is right, people do not calculate numbers in their heads. They pull out their phone. They don't have to spell. They just do a grammar check. Um, you don't have to hunt for answers to any questions. You just Google it. I mean, you don't even have to type a question in. You can just ask Siri. Well, now with AI, it even writes for you. So at the start of the year, my students and I practiced this. They all had to write a 200-word essay as to why they wanted to study a diploma of leadership. So for fun, we popped it in AI. And honestly, it spat out the best 200 words ever. Like AI will write anything for you. And I said to the students, I'm like, guys, you can be completely unethical here and try and use this. But for me, I just won't use it because I'm like, I, and, and I'm older, right? So I've had a couple of decades of actually having my brain developed by doing my own writing. But for younger people, that's where my concern is. Like if they're using it from a young age, then they're just not even having to think about what they're writing. It's just going to dumb down our intelligence. So I said to the students, they're not to use it. You know, I don't want to know what AI thinks. I want to know what you think. And so this shortcut taking, which is what I call it, is only going to harm you. Um, 
So obviously we're just talking in the field of writing, but I think it's the same with creative arts. The third concern here is job loss. Now I know we've been through, you know, um, society having revolutions before the industrial revolution, for example, that did take away a lot of jobs from people that used to do things themselves. And people could see this as another revolution, but I think it really goes to whole new levels here. So to me, this is going to lead, and this is not just my concern, but the experts are concerned that it's going to lead to mass job loss across many, many different industries. Now, yes, AI is probably going to create jobs, but I think the variety of jobs is that will be lost is going to be devastating, uh, especially in the creative arts, right? Like who needs to be an author anymore? AI will just write books. Uh, what about, we've got a whole generation right now who've literally geared their lives around graphic design. Well, we won't need them. Gone. AI will do it. What about actors, movies? Gone. They'll be generated by AI. Photography, teachers. There's just so many different areas. It's not just a couple of industries. This is going to hit us on a mass scale. And that's concerning. Number four is the security risks. I mean, there is the potential for misuse here massively which means hackers could harness its power for more advanced cyber attacks or, you know, advanced weaponry could be generated by anyone. And then there's the personal security risk to our personal data because that's what AI is accessing. It's analyzing vast amounts. It's taking all of our personal data to analyze stuff. So there's that risk. But even more concerning is how far this privacy invasion might go. Now, this is not too far-fetched because this is happening right now, guys, right now in China, which we think, oh, that's just the other side of the world. It doesn't matter. AI is enabling a crazy lot of control over there right now, right? Like you would have heard of the social credit system where every facet of the people's lives there is tracked and monitored for what purpose? This is so scary. So that their trustworthiness can be monitored. What the heck? This is the ultimate authoritarian, totalitarian, like full blown control. So if you get a poor score, then that results in punishment. What are the punishments? Well, they block access to your finances. You, um, your access to travel is compromised. It can affect your employment Whereas a good scoring, on the other hand, is rewarded by the fact that you can go about your daily life without interruption, right? That's your reward. Your reward is basic freedoms and your punishment is to have your freedoms taken away. Now, if you don't believe me, look this up on YouTube. It's like every person is tracked. So for example, say you might say something on social media that the government don't like, right? Like I would have been in trouble over COVID. You will have your access to different things blocked as your punishment. It's called a social credit system. Now, 80%, of China's provinces, regions, and cities have now introduced this. And not only on an individual level, but millions of companies across China. Now, the US vice president in 2018, Mike Pence, he warned against this, saying this is like living in an Orwellian society, for those of you that have read 1984. And according to him, he's like, we should be warned because they are controlling almost every facet of human life 
it is a sinister system of control. And that's what he said. Now, AI is the technology behind it and has the potential to control all of us no differently. And if you think it can't happen here, well, listen to next week's episode. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Number five, they're definitely, this could lead to economic problems. The reason being, um, most AI technology is sitting with a very small number of larger corporations and the government. And so they're going to be the ones with the power, right? Because they're the ones developing the technology because it takes money to develop it. So they've got the power and therefore they've got the wealth. Well, how are smaller businesses going to compete? And we are in a, we are in a day and age where people are encouraged, you know, to open up and run small businesses, but small businesses are not going to be able to compete. And so it'll end up that, you know, we'll all end up having to work for those few but larger corporations. So it's going to have a huge economic um, impact on your everyday Australian. Number six, it definitely could lead to the rise of false information. And, and And look, there's already false information all over the internet and social media, but this is going to go to a whole new level. Now, we've all seen AI-generated images that look really, they look so real, but they're false. So one can literally generate anything. So it's going to be hard to know what's truth and what's not because we won't be able to prove it. Like even Ashton was saying to me earlier, well, mum, you'll know because, you know, you'll have a person standing there because I said to him, this could potentially interrupt democracy, right? Because you're just not going to know who's behind anything. He's like, yeah, you can see if a person's telling you something or not. I'm like, no, no, because you can you can generate a person who could be a completely fake person saying something that's completely, um, you know, fake news or wrong information. So lies could be spread in an instant um, and the power, therefore, will lie with the technology, not with us, the people. I mean, there's even the potential, could it indoctrinate us with a different belief system? Uh, there's a contributor to the World Economic Forum recently who suggested that AI could rewrite the holy scriptures, in other words, rewrite the Bible to create new religious cults. So there's just no end to the damage that the technology can do there. And number seven, and I think this is probably the saddest of all, would be the loss of human connection. Now, we all know that the minimizing of human connection as it is, is producing a lot of anxiety and mental health issues. Um, It's not the only reason, but it's a big contributor. Well, as we rely more on AI, we're going to rely less on one another. And so if we're not careful, we will end up interacting more with technology than with humans. And of course, less human connection means the potential risk that we could lose our social skills, our empathy, and all the things that, you know, bring meaning and purpose to our lives. Now, apart from the loss of human connection, there's the concern that AI is just mimicking humans so well that there really is not much need for humans at all. And of course, some talk about the possibility that AI could become self-aware, meaning that it would have feelings and emotions that mimic those of humans. But this is where this is where the turnaround, the turnaround side is for me. The important word there is mimic. 
Because there is one thing that um, AI does not have, and that is it does not have a soul. It really is just mimicking. It cannot replace human talent and creativity. It can only mimic, can only mimic the human brain. So it might try and replicate human discernment and make real-time decisions, but it will never, ever have a soul. And I don't know whether it's because the technology is still developing, but most of us, when we see an AI image, are like, there's just something missing from it, right? Like there's just something that is not, not quite right. And it just, it lacks the soul that humans put into things that they create. So just to finish off, maybe look from a little bit of a a Christian perspective, in 2019, a bunch of evangelical leaders, about 60 of them, got together and they released a statement about AI. And I thought it was pretty balanced. And the basic message was that the church and Christians need to be proactive in understanding AI and insist that it is used responsibly, ethically, and most of all, in alignment with the truth. And the truth being that all humans have dignity and worth and also um, in alignment with freedom, right? Because no technology should take any of those things away. No technology should take away human worth and, and dignity and no technology should take away our freedom. And that's probably one of my greatest concerns. I mean, like I said, what we're seeing in China where AI is being used to exert an authoritarian power, we have to fight against that. Now, as Christians, we should know how to use things responsibly and to spread that message, how to maximize the benefits and help limit and eliminate as much as we can possible dangers. Because remember, we do not take our cues from culture. We certainly should not take our cues from technology. We only should take our cues from God and the authority of his word. So what can we do about it? I mean, sometimes it feels like, or even when I'm podcasting, sometimes I feel like, oh, it doesn't matter what I say. People are going to go and, you know, do whatever they want to do. And the convenience factor is massive here. But I think that the only way to um, force these companies to be responsible in this is that we have to vote with our feet. And what I mean by that is we have to um, pause our own use of these technologies. So for me, pers- oops, sorry, for me personally, I won't. I try not to use as many of these technologies as I can. Like. And I always say to Cameron, just shut that face face thing off your phone. I hate it that it, the phone opens up with his face imaging because I worry, well, who else has got a copy of that? Like what? Because that's again, that's what happens in China. They everything is um, is is tracked. Their faces are tracked. There's a school. I don't know if I talked about it here, but there's this school where in China where they are lining up to put their kids in, where their kids' emotions and everything are being tracked. Um, uh, from from their faces by the teacher. So like if they're not engaged, the teacher gets like a warning and it's just crazy to me. So I think we have to stop relying on technology, guys. Put down your phone, pick up a real-time book, be with human beings. This is probably what I love the most about the church is 
Um, and particularly when I see young people in um, in youth spaces, I look at our young people and they're so busy being with each other, they're not on their phones. And I love that. So I think we should minimize our use of technology. And um, we really need to fight against this. And again, the only way that they're going to get away with not doing this is if we all stop using it. Um, or we, we raise enough concerns. And I do think a lot of people are really waking up to a lot of the concerns and the control that is trying to be exerted over us. So guys, what do you think? Come and let me know. Tell me what you think about it. Come along to my Instagram. I've got a little bit of a reel up there, um, but I want to know where you guys are at. Maybe you know more than me. I mean, I am certainly no expert on this guys. Okay. I'm not pretending to be, I'm hopefully I got all of that right. I did my research, but let me know if I didn't. Um, and just to finish off, thank you so much to all of you who support the podcast. You can do so by please doing a five-star review and a written review is really, really powerful and helpful to me. Um, so definitely go along and do that. But I also want to acknowledge my buy me a coffee members, I'm aiming to have like 50 members. That would be super helpful. That would help me to be able to podcast a day a week. Uh, but at the moment, I thank you to my beautiful 17 members, Chloe, Vanessa, Kylie, Sophie, Louise, Marie, Pam, Christina, Renee, Rochelle, Adriana, Lolette, Jasmine, Brittany, Rachel, and my two brand new members, Ash and Emily. Thank you, girls. Love you all so much. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to being with you on Friday for Parenthood Friday. Otherwise, I'll see you next Wednesday. Until then, guys, have a wonderful week. Bye.